There's a difference between a failure and a fiasco. A failure is simply the non-presence of success. Any fool can accomplish failure, but a fiasco. A fiasco is a disaster of mythic proportions. A fiasco is a folktale told to others that makes other people feel more alive because it didn't happen to them. Welcome to the main event. Yes, Happy New Year, everybody. Show number one, year number 10. Hey, you know what? I uh, started out with that clip from a movie called Elizabethtown, a movie that probably most of you haven't seen because uh, I never heard of it till I saw it on cable, and it's a Cameron Crowe movie, the guy that did uh, uh, Jerry Maguire, and Almost Famous, and it's really a great movie. And, uh, you know, the uh, fiasco... Seems like the Democrats, and especially the top of the heap, Barack Hussein Obama. And uh, one last time, I'll explain why I don't call him President Obama because President is a is a uh, is a term of respect. I don't have any respect for this guy because he should never have been in the presidency. And uh, I think they're all going, "Hey, what fiasco? We've been in here for eight years." And we didn't accomplish anything. What are we going to do? And they're scrambling around, acting like they care about preserving Obama's legacy. He didn't do anything. All he did was come to Washington and party. So maybe you should have thought about this, I don't know, seven years and 11 months ago. Well, what are we really doing here? What are we really doing? You know, and, and over the years, all the things that have come out, and it's just amazing to me. The it's ama- it's amazing to me. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff and what I'm talking about as far as uh, how the Democrats are reacting to the fiasco. And we're going to talk about uh, all kinds of other stuff. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender based right here in the Inland Empire with offices all over Southern California. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and let me just add in here, there are some fantastic opportunities that are real estate in. As we see the interest rates start to increase, as we see the interest rates are starting to increase and they will probably continue throughout the next year, it's not the end of the world, but it is a, it is a sign that says, hey, if you've been thinking about buying a house, now's the time. Do it before they go up any, any worse. Um, I'll tell you that I'm financing somebody that uh, started, found a house, was going to finance it in one particular way, which we would have started three months ago, right before the election, uh, put it off. They did the thing. They didn't want to finance it till all the, and get anything started until all the rehab was done. The rehab's done. Uh, interest rates went up. Changes, changes payment about a hundred bucks a month. Okay. Not the end of the world, not the end of the world at all, but I know a hundred dollars a month means a lot to, uh, people that make less money than I do. So, uh, so keep, keep that in mind. 
Keep that in mind. And before they go up another 100 a month or another 200 a month for the same size loan, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. Even at refinance. What if you've been thinking about refinance? I'll tell you, and I've made this comment, that uh, Don and I have, have uh, 10 mortgages we pay every month. 10? 10? I think it's 10. I think it's 10 mortgages now, um, plus our commercial building. So we write a uh, we write a check for uh, ten different mortgages and then one one uh, one commercial mortgage a month and six of them I could have dropped them from four point eight seven five to three point eight seven five on non owner occupied properties I'm going okay that saves me about I don't know six hundred dollars a year uh, six hundred dollars a month uh, across the board I should do this but it's a, such a it's really a hassle for me because I'm so busy. It's a hassle for me because when you've got that many properties to do six different loan packages and they all have to to reflect each other. And and I said, I should do this. I'll do it on the weekend. I'll get to it here. I'll get to it there. And I put it off and put it off and put it off. So now I'm finally refinancing one of them, the one in Mammoth where uh, uh, I actually had a first and a second and they're both adjustables and I took them out years ago. And I said, hey, you know what? I've been paying lots of money to get them, to get them down because we used use the second on it to build our commercial, uh, the actual, the wholesale capital building. And, uh, so should have been paid off by now, but I actually got off my butt and actually did the loan package. So, and it still saves, it's still going to save me a gigantic amount of money. So I'm gonna pay off my house a little sooner. So I'm going to refinance that one down and start putting the extra money I used to put towards that towards my house. Because for those of you that don't know, if you make over, uh, over a hundred and I think it starts fading out about 160, maybe up to 260. Don't quote me on these rates, but at a certain point, you don't get any benefit of owning a house that you live in. You don't get any of those those deductions on your schedule. A check with your tax person. But I make too much money for that, and the more I deduct on taxes or insurance on my uh, on my personal residence, just makes my alternative minimum tax go up. So I said, if I'm not getting any tax benefit, I want to pay it off instead of paying off my rental properties. So uh, that's what I'm doing. So anyway, if you're thinking about you'd like to talk to someone that has a logically thinking brain and maybe there are some properties you should refinance, maybe you should rethink the way you're doing your finances on your house, your rental houses, your vacation homes, maybe a reverse mortgage, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. I already said it two times, so that's three times, but I'll say it one more time, 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone... Because you don't want anyone at work to know your personal stuff. Then wait till your uh, government-mandated 15-minute break or your lunch break. Don't steal money from your boss. Especially if you work for me. Um, and co- and then uh, go to WCCLoans.com where we have all kinds of mortgage information. You can apply on uh, for a loan right away. Go to the Loan Center tab. Click on the Apply Now button. And uh, if you'd like to email me first on the contact page, fill out the form. It goes directly to me and my team. Uh, if there's any part of the show you want repeated, go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page to listen to it on demand anytime, or you can go to uh, main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search the main event or Ed Hoffman on iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, you can subscribe for free. It'll download onto your, your device, your, your phone or your iPod or your iPad or your computer, and you can listen at any time you want to. Uh, be sure to connect with the show on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And like the show on Facebook at facebook.com, the main event, Ed Hoffman. 
So right now it looks like uh, we may never stop hearing about the Russians, Russia, how the Russians hacked the the DNC and supposedly caused Hillary Clinton to lose the election. You know, and I think I think I'm really I'm really personally insulted by this because even though my vote was in California, where essentially Hillary Clinton can say she won the popular vote because. California has all the idiot Democrats and all the people. So the fact that she won this state means she meant she uh, won the popular vote. Doesn't mean she won the election. Just means she there's so many there's so many idiots in this state that we live in. Um, and I'm and I'm per- taking a personal insult that they're blaming uh, Trump winning on Russian hackers instead of the fact that there was enough people in this country that aren't blind or have their eyes closed. So. Uh, First, a reporter asked Trump about it on New Year's Eve at his Mar-a-Lago club in Florida. And hacking is a very hard thing to prove, so it could be somebody else. And I also know things that other people don't know, and so they cannot be sure of the situation. Like, like what, do you, what do you know that other people don't know? You'll find out on Tuesday or Wednesday. I know the audio is a little rough on that. Apparently, that didn't that happened outside the Mar-a-Lago club where there was wind and and uh, air and open space and not a studio. Uh, finely tuned sound for some reason the press is questioning how the president-elect would have information how do they think he has it here's anderson cooper trying to back kellyanne conway into a corner so when trump says he quote knows things that other people don't know is he referring to things he's learned in briefings or things he just knows uh prior to even becoming president-elect well every president of the united states and in this case imminent president of the united states donald trump ought to know many things that the rest of us do not know. And that is to what he is referring. Uh, that will include the briefing that he'll receive this week at Trump Tower from our top intelligence officials. Do you expect that but Tuesday or Wednesday? Know, uh, yes, it looks that way right now. Hey, Anderson, you know what? The fact that Trump is a billionaire, he knows a lot of things that a lot of us don't know. And, uh, you know, the fact that he's the president-elect, he should know a lot of things that we don't know. Uh, that I would love to know. But you know what? I don't need to know if you got to tell everybody in the world in order for me to know, then it's not that important. Take care of our take care of our country. We don't all need to know it. So uh, uh, the the briefing that Trump and Kellyanne Conway were uh, mentioned uh, was delayed until Friday. And uh, as of the uh, as of the time of recording today, which is uh, just afternoon on Friday, yesterday for you guys who are listening on Saturday. Um, nothing had been had been uh, talked about on the news, but uh, on Thursday, Director of National Intelligence James Clapper testified before Senate Intelligence Committee and doubled down on the intelligence community's stance that hacking did not come from Russia. Here's John McCain asking Clapper if he stands by the claim that only Russia's senior most officials could have authorized these activities. General Clapper, do you, th- those are still operable and correct statements. Uh, yes, uh, Chairman McCain, they are. As I indicated in my statement, we stand uh, <clears throat> actually more resolutely on, on the strength of that statement that we made on the 7th of October. Clapper also said that even if the hacking didn't affect American votes, it could have helped shape the voting opinions of Americans. Hmm, how does he know that? They're blaming everyone but uh, Hillary Clinton for the loss. They did not change any uh, vote tallies or, or any, anything of that sort. Yeah, I'm just uh, talking we had about no, it. We had no way of gauging uh, the impact that, certainly the intelligence community can't gauge the impact it had on uh, choices the electorate made. There's no way to, for us to gauge that. 
Well, you know what? There's no way for them to gauge a lot of things that they're that they're that they're uh, uh, assuming or that they're saying that they know. You know what they didn't bring up is that the FBI didn't even have access to the, the DNC server. And why didn't they? Because the Democratic National Committee denied them access. No stairway. Denied. Yes, folks, denied. So how can they come out and say, hey, we know for sure that it was the Russians that hacked this thing when they never even got the chance to examine their server? Hmm, I don't know. Seems peculiar to me. Okay, meanwhile, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange continues to say the Russians were not his source for the hacked DNC and Clinton emails. Listen to this excerpt from his interview with Sean Hannity. I'll ask you again today. Did Russia give you this information or anybody associated with Russia? Uh, our source is not a state party. So uh, the, the answer for our interactions is no. Well, James Clapper said, we don't know how WikiLeaks got this information. We don't know when uh, WikiLeaks got this information. But uh, let's imagine that they are saying, okay, uh, the problem here is that WikiLeaks published information. Uh, what, are, what are they saying? Uh, WikiLeaks published true information uh, that the American public read. That information was the words of Hillary Clinton uh, and her campaign manager, John Podesta, and other people in her campaign. Uh, and the American public read that information, true information, uh, and said, we don't like these people. Yep. I've been thinking the same thing. How come they're so focused on who hacked the actual emails and not what the emails implicated? That you know, hey, there's there's collusion. You know, they they basically set the set the election up. You know, the the voters could have had the opportunity to vote for uh, to put Bernie Sanders in there if they wanted to, but they didn't have the opportunity because the because they they uh, they stacked the deck for Hillary. Is that a problem? I don't know. Seems like it is. I would be uh, rather mad if I was a Democrat. Um, I don't really care now at this point because, uh, but you know what? I think people are focused on the wrong things and all they're trying to do is divert attention. Divert attention to what uh, what's really important is that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats are dirty. They're dirty liars. They're crooks. They're scandalous. And uh, there's a reason why Trump is going to be the president here in two weeks. And... Uh, you know what? God bless America. God bless all you people that voted for Trump and uh, especially the ones in the other states that actually got to get him some electoral votes. So uh, the 115th Congress convened for its first session of 2017 this week. So the all the the new the new Republican, the new uh, the new, new Republicans, the new representatives for the House of Representatives and the new senators all started January 2nd, January 3rd, actually, because January 2nd was a holiday because January 1st was on a Sunday. Um, but the president doesn't start until, and I don't think the vice president either, doesn't start until uh, January 20th. So uh, since the Democrats are now the minority, well, they were the minority, but since they have the, since they have a new speaker or a new minority leader because uh, dingy Harry retired, uh, Harry Reid, uh, they wasted no time in grandstanding against the Republican majority and Donald Trump. So now uh, Chuck Schumer got his uh, chance to have his mouthpiece, and here he is. This will be an accountability Congress. And we will be a caucus that makes sure the president-elect keeps his commitment to truly make America great again. If president-elect Trump 
lets the hard right members of Congress and his cabinet run the show, if he attempts to adopt their time-worn policies, which benefit the elites, the special interests, corporate America, not the working man and woman, his presidency will not succeed. Well, you know what I have to say about that? Well, Lottie frickin' Well, you know what? If the uh, if if his uh, if his policies are going to going to benefit the elite and the and the corporations and all that stuff, and not the working man, well, where the hell do you think jobs come for the working man, Schumer? You're an idiot. Okay, wake up, wake up, and smell the coffee, buddy. You know what? That's where jobs come from. Later in the show, we're going to talk about how uh, how uh, they're talking about. Well, you know what? Ten and a half million jobs. Think about think about. Uh, you know, we had our jobs report that uh, said his last in his last month, Obama, uh, the Obama administration, well, the American economy increased one hundred fifty six thousand jobs in a month. It has to go up about two hundred fifty or two hundred seventy five thousand a month just to keep up with how many people are getting out of school, how many people are turning eighteen. So 156,000 jobs, but uh, they're still touting that uh, uh, that Obama created 10, 10,500,000. But he spent $10 trillion to do it, and it's gone. I don't know. We'll do some division at the end of the show as we get to that part. So I, di- I, uh, I digress. House Minority Leader uh, Nancy Pelosi sounded off telling an, an interviewer that anything that happens to Obamacare now will be the fault of Trump and the Republican-led Congress. The fact is, it's the old thing of going into a, a, a china shop. You break it, you own it. And uh, this is, they're dealing with something that is very, uh, when I say uh, complex, it, it's sophisticated. They have shown nothing in, in their ranting and raving that shows any uh, level of knowledge of, of where they would go or where they would take this. Well, you know, that's funny that she should say that, because remember this, right before Obamacare passed. You've heard about the controversies within the bill, the process about the bill, one of the uh, items. But I don't know if you have heard that it is a legislation for the future, not just about health care for America, but about a healthier America, where preventive care is not is not something that you have to pay a deductible for or out of pocket that prevention 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 it's about diet not diabetes it's it's going to be very very exciting but we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it but you know what uh, the problem is that you can't count you cannot legislate human behavior and you know, they, hey, you know what? It's about diet, not diabetes. It's about prevention. And you know what? You don't have to pay a copay or you don't have to pay anything out of pocket, which means how did they how did they accomplish that? How did they accomplish not having any out of pocket or any copay? Well, the only way they can accomplish no copay or no out of pocket is we must have paid for it up front. So your Blue Cross, your your uh your Aetna, your Obama, Obamacare carrier, whoever those are, um, they all have these these people now that will do uh, that will do. Hey, we're gonna do some counseling for you to talk about your diet, do all that stuff. Well, you know what? That's a waste of money unless people are gonna take the time to call those people back. Those people call call me. I don't have time for that. I know how to eat right. I just don't want to. 
You know what? The difference between, uh, I always used to say, hey, the difference between my body and Sylvester Stallone's back in the Rocky Three, Rocky Four days was double stuff Oreos. Um, you know, other than that, I just know I have a six pack. I just protect it with a keg around it. So other than that, that's how how they have to do. You got to understand human behavior, and you know what? What they also didn't tell us some of the things they left out. Twenty hidden, twenty hidden uh, hikes, tax hikes in Obamacare, excise tax on charitable hospitals, uh, codification of the economic substance doctrine, which provides uh, which provision allows IRS to disallow completely legal tax deductions and other legal tax minimizing plans just because the IRS deems uh, that the action lacks substance. Uh, black liquor tax hike, the tax increase on type of uh, biofuel. This stuff in the Affordable Care Act that we had to we had to pass it before we could before we could see what was in it. Tax on innovation innovator drug companies. Two point three billion annual tax on the industry imposed relative to the share of sales made that year. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield tax hike. Tax on indoor tanning services. New ten percent excise tax on Americans using indoor tanning salons. That was important. Taxes that took effect in 2011, the year after this was passed. Medicine cabinet tax. Americans can no longer use health savings account, uh, flexible spending account, or health reimbursement pre-tax dollars to purchase non-prescription over-the-counter medicines except insulin. Hmm. Well, those are health care costs. But, you know, hey, you have to go to the doctor or else you can't use this money that you haven't taken out of your check. HSA withdrawal tax hike increases additional tax on non-medical early withdrawals from health savings account from 10 to 20 percent. Taxes that took effect in 2012, employer reporting of insurance on W-2, preamble to taxing health benefits on individuals' tax tax returns. Taxes that took effect in 2013, creation of a new 3.8 percent surtax on investment income earned in households making at least 250,000, which would result in the following tax rates on investment income. Uh, 2012 capital gains went from 15 to 23.8 and dividends, uh, went from 15 to 43.4 hike on Medicare payroll tax, uh, tax on medical device manufacturers, raise haircut for, me- for medical itemized deduction from seven half. So it used to be if you're in order to re- to, uh, deduct your, uh, your medical expenses on your taxes, it had to be at least seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross. Uh, income for the year, they raised it to 10%, which basically means that uh, I can't have enough stuff to where I can make any deductions on that. Uh, flexible spending account cap, uh, elimination of the tax deduction for employer-provided retirement, uh, RX drug coverage uh, in coordination with Medicare, 500000 annual executive comp, I don't care about that, individual mandate excise tax starting in 2014, anyone not buying qualifying health insurance must pay uh, the, that's the that's the penalty for not having health insurance. Employer mandate tax, which means we have to all have to buy uh, health health insurance for all of our employees, whether we like to or not. Tax on health insurers, blah 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 blah. There's a million of these things. Then there's also uh, some other things that we didn't know that was going on in the uh, in the uh, uh, in the that happened in the process of passing the Obamacare Affordable Care Care uh, Act. $300 million for Medicaid in Louisiana. This is Harry Reid promised these earmarks to members of Congress who voted for Obamacare. $300 million for Medicaid in Louisiana promised to Senator Mary Landrieu. $45 million for Medicaid in Nebraska promised to Senator Ben Nielsen. $100 million for hospital in Connecticut promised to Senator Chris Dodd. Also a tax break for Mutual of Omaha Insurance Company. 
uh, federal federal money for Acorn, the left wing activist group connected to phony voter registration lists uh, for Senator uh, Roland Burris Burris of Illinois. Also, the people that were teaching people how to cheat on their taxes to get houses. Medicaid payments for six hundred million for Vermont. Uh, Patrick Leahy, ten billion for government health centers for Bernie Sanders. Uh, Florida seniors get extra Medicare benefits that elderly states uh, will lose. Uh, higher Medicare payments for hospitals in North Dakota and extend Medicare benefits to a small group of minors in Montana sickened by asbestos for uh, Senator Max Baucus. Anyway, I'm out of time, and this is, that was the end of the list. Anyway, I'll be back in five minutes after five minutes of uh, commercials, traffic, and weather, and we'll be back with part two of the main event. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman. President, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. You listen to this show every week and you say, hey, this guy's a mortgage guy, he never talks about mortgages. Hey, I'll tell you about mortgages. If you're interested, call me, 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. And one last time, 855-640-2020. My email address is edhoffman at wccloans.com. And our website is wccloans.com. Also, for uh, stuff on that's not related to mortgages, my website's edhoffman.net. Uh, so, uh, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if you're if you're looking for a refinance or you're looking to buy a house, uh, interest rates are are going up. I don't expect them to go up giant, but I expect them to make steady uh, steady tread upward. I think values of houses will continue to go up. Uh, not probably as fast as they have been because we're about where we were at the at the peak. We're maybe a little bit lower than where we were at the peak when they before they were artificially inflated by subprime. And uh, but if you're looking to buy, you're looking to refinance, or if you're over 62 and you want a uh, a reverse mortgage, and you want someone who actually understands it that will explain it to you in English, in layman's English. You don't need a finance degree to understand how your how the financing works on your mortgage. Call me, I'll help you. So uh, let's get back to the interesting stuff, politics. So uh, unfortunately for Pelosi, Trump's administration and the top Republicans prove they do know what they're doing when it comes to Obamacare. So uh, she seems to she seems to think that, hey, you break it, you bought it. And we don't know what we're doing. On, uh, on Tuesday, Vice President-elect Mike Pence delivered a joint press conference with Speaker, Paul, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan to talk about their joint plans to repeal and replace the replace the health care law, Obamacare. Here's what here's Paul Ryan. We know that things are only getting worse under Obamacare. This is about people paying higher premiums every year and feeling powerless to stop it. It's about families paying deductibles that are so high, it doesn't even feel like you have health insurance in the first place. And in so many parts of the country, as you've also always heard, even if you want to look for better coverage, you're stuck with one option. One choice is not a choice, it is a monopoly. The healthcare system has been ruined, dismantled under Obamacare. And uh, that is a fact. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But next, Mike Pence was asked how, how soon the repeal would happen. It'll literally begin on day one. Uh, before, uh, before the end of the day, we do anticipate that uh, uh, the president-elect uh, will be in the Oval Office uh, uh, taking action. Uh, to both repeal executive orders and also set into motion through executive action policies to implement uh, promises that were made on the campaign trail. Um, literally on day one, I have a feeling that 
the 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 President Trump will not be in the Oval Office very much on day one, uh, because he'll get caught up in the excitement, and you know how Trump is when he gets caught up in the excitement of people uh, excited about him being president. Um, I do I do believe that he has a number of bills and uh, executive actions prepared to sign as soon as he gets off the stage. Uh, basically uh, rolling back a whole bunch of uh, uh, Barack Obama's uh, executive actions that uh, we all disagree with that he could not communicate with Congress and and the Senate and he couldn't uh, he couldn't seem to get anybody to pass any bills so he just took executive actions well Trump intends to turn the turn those 180 degrees and turn them off as soon as he gets in and I believe I've heard that they have a bill already drafted up that that defunds sanctuary cities uh right away and i'll tell you uh, one of my uh, one of my neighbors uh we were talking to their daughter on uh, new year's eve and uh, she's going to the university of san francisco and uh, uh and i don't know exactly how the federal funds work in the school system and the california state university system but i suspect that nothing runs in this state without some federal funds. And when the city of San Francisco, uh, who deems itself a sanctuary city, gets defunded by the federal government, I say, hey, just plan on transferring down to Cal State San Bernardino or Cal State uh, Long Beach or Cal State, one of the other ones that isn't a sanctuary city. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that because I think, you know, Rahm Emanuel and whoever the, who's the, uh, who's the mayor of San Francisco? Who cares? They're, you know, they're saying, hey, we're still going to be a sanctuary city. We don't care what Trump says. We don't care what the federal government says. We're not going to enforce the federal immigration laws because we don't have to. And uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, but what happened next? So I think so. I think that's what will happen on day one. Trump's going to excuse himself. To haul his, someone's going to haul his butt into the Oval Office. He's going to sign a bunch of stuff, and then he's going to be partying the rest of the day. And everything else will happen on day two. Because Trump doesn't party that hard, um, I don't. He doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke and he's he's a pure guy like that. Means he's probably not that fun at a party, um, or maybe he is. But we'll find out Friday night, August twentieth. Don and I will be there as well as uh, Scott McAfee and his wife will be there, and a bunch of other people that we know will be there in Washington D.C. and we'll be at one of the inaugural balls. So we'll uh, we'll have stories when we come back. So what happened next after uh, that? That uh, that press conference of Mike Pence and uh, Paul Ryan and a bunch of other people spoke. Wednesday, President Obama made a rare trip to Capitol Hill to hold a closed-door meeting with congressional Democrats. Well, you know what? He's been there for eight years. He made a rare trip to Capitol Hill. Now think about this. For those of you that don't know how the government works, the president, to, to pass a law, the, the Congress comes up with a bill. They pass it through Congress. It goes to Senate. Senate. Make some changes. They pass it. Goes back to Congress. Goes back to Senate. They get. They come to a, a agreement where they have a, a bill that says, "Hey, the Congress passed it. 435 members of Congress and 100 members of the Senate. They signed off on it. Goes to the President's desk and he has to sign it. Makes it a law or he vetoes it and it just throws it in the trash. Well, in the process of uh, coming up with something that could actually become law to fix problems in this country. Um, they have to talk, but president Obama 
made a rare appearance on Capitol Hill because he never talks to anybody but his Valerie Jarrett and his uh, wife and his uh, and his buddies and Jay Z and Beyonce and uh, his his uh, friends from Hollywood because he doesn't realize he was there for eight years to try and do something for this country. He didn't. He didn't. Hey, I won the Super Bowl. What are you doing? I'm going to Disneyland. You know what? He was elected to to work for us. We don't work for him. That's how it was supposed to be. So he made his uh, rare trip to Capitol Hill to close it, to hold a closed door meetings with congressional Democrats, not with Congress people, with Democrats only. Sources say the point of the meeting was Obama to urge his fellow Democrats not to rescue Republicans by helping them pass an Obamacare replacement, which basically means that he wanted them to rescue Obamacare and rescue his legacy, which basically is going to be nothing because there's going to be nothing left of it. Just what he did to President George W. Bush, because George W. Bush's legacy would have been, hey, we liberated Iraq. We installed democracy. We had everything there. We got rid of the we got rid of the uh, Al Qaeda in Iraq and we gave Iraq one big country in the middle of a uh, of Muslim land in Middle East to have a chance to be a free people. Well, Obama turned that clock around and wiped that out when he pulled all of our all of our uh, troops out um, and left nobody there and left a wide uh, big vacuum for ISIS to to create itself. So he also floated this idea: start referring to the GOP's new plan as Trump Care. Hmm. By Thursday morning, healthcare.gov had a new webpage dedicated to deriding Trump care. And uh, if you click on the new webpage, and uh, I have a link to it, but it just says new webpage, so I don't know what the... But if you go on to healthcare.gov and search around for the... Search around for it. The page has several tips that include links to articles and YouTube videos referencing Trump care, and it claims that Trump's Obamacare replacement plan will cost $550 billion over the next 10 years. Um, after reading the president's message, Chuck Schumer delivered a press conference with Pelosi and other Democrats by his side, holding up a big sign that to unveil the new hashtag campaign against Republicans. Then the slogan says, The Republican plan to cut health care wouldn't make America great again, it would make America sick again. So make America sick again? Is that what the Republicans want to do? All that will do is make America sick again. Isn't that catchy? You should do a hashtag. Maybe you should get a picture of uh, of uh, uh, Michelle Obama with a hashtag, bring our girls home. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, make America, Don't make America sick again. Give me a break. Well, here's here's a clip that may solve all the problems since all the voters seem to be uh, in favor of this. Do you smoke weed? Not really. You don't? No. At all? Mm-mm. Like in the morning? No, I just don't. You know, it, it's like, it is like the best medicine. Because <laughs> it fixes everything. Jonah broke his elbow once. He just got high and it still clicks, but I mean, he's okay. Right. Yeah. So Trump, who has called Chuck Schumer a friend in the past, tweeted this. The Democrats, led by head clown Chuck Schumer, know how bad Obamacare is and what a mess that they are in. Instead of working to fix it, they do the typical political thing and blame. The fact is Obamacare was a lie from the beginning. I, have to, I haven't counted all, the, counted all the characters, but that seems like more than 140 characters. Let's see. The Democrats, led by 
head clown Chuck Schumer know how bad Obamacare is and what a mess they are in. Instead of working to fix it, they do the typical political thing and blame the fact is Obamacare is a life. I'm gonna count those. I'm gonna count those, and I'll. Uh, I'm gonna find out. Maybe maybe uh, Trump has a special Twitter account. He's allowed more than 140 characters. Anyone who thinks that's a, who thinks otherwise has not had to use healthcare. Anybody who thinks Obamacare was good for was good for any kind of healthcare. Hey, it's insurance. Doesn't mean that you get healthcare. It's insurance. You pay for it. Premiums are are an absolute, and claims are a, are a are a question mark. They're a possibility. They're a maybe. And if you and if you have to use your healthcare, the question is, does it actually pay? Do you actually get any healthcare? You can always get healthcare if you pay for it. And while we're on the subject of uh, of weed, if I go back to weed. Go back to weed and why it's the greatest medicine. Uh, I don't. I'm not endorsing that. It was just a funny clip from the movie Knocked Up. But uh, a group of activists, a group of activists, plans to cause a literal stink in the presidential inauguration in support of marijuana reform. The group called DCMJ has announced its plans to hand out upward of 4,200 marijuana cigarettes near Dupont Circle the morning of Donald Trump's inauguration, then march toward the National Mall. It is, it is legal to possess a small amount of marijuana in District of Columbia, but illegal to smoke it in public. Hmm. DCMJ's leader, Adam Adam Eidinger, told ABC News its members will be giving away joints, which is legal. They will not tell people to break the law by smoking in public, but he added he thought the idea of smoking them publicly would be a great act of civil disobedience in light of silence on marijuana reform coming from the Trump administration. Ah. <sighs> You know what? I got a couple of couple of comments here. Um, what I heard is their their plan is four minutes and twenty six seconds into Trump's speech, everybody's going to pull out their lighters and light up. Now, I have tickets for the inauguration, so I expect I'll be closer, and I won't be there close to it. They have to get high off the uh, secondary smoke. But uh, but imagine this: they're handing them out on Dupont Circle. For anybody who's ever uh, went, anybody who ever went to college and inhaled. Um, I just wonder how long it's going to take them because DuPont Circle is three and a half miles from the, uh, from the Capitol where the inauguration will be. And, uh, let me play this clip from Black Sheep. Tell me, officer, do you have any idea how fast you were going? Well, I got a 426 Hemi in her. Three-quarter cams, nitro boosters. I can get her up to as good as 155. Never do, though, of course, unless I'm chasing a cute chick in a Ferrari. <laughs> I guess I was going about 65 tops. Seven. Seven miles an hour. And normally when I stop people, they pull under the shoulder. And if you've seen that scene from uh, Black Sheep, he pulled over just right in the center of the street. And uh, so, you know what? Think about this. Everybody uh, gets their joints on uh, DuPont Circle. And even if they're in the very back of the mall, which is the Lincoln Memorial, that's still a mile and a half, seven miles an hour with all that traffic on top of it. I suspect there's going to be some accidents and they're going to miss the inauguration unless they hand them out the day before. I don't know. Could be, I could be wrong. Just might just be me. So, uh, after, so then we uh, continue with the, uh, with the next, uh, load of, load of BS that the, uh, uh, 
that the Democrats want to deny Trump any any uh, credit for the stuff that he's doing. And you know he hasn't even he hasn't even become president yet. But the signs that there's a new sheriff in town are all over the place. After Trump saved around 1,100 jobs at the carrier company in November, Democrats said it was a one-time thing that couldn't be sustained. Unfortunately for them, they were wrong because two major American companies have announced plans to keep jobs in the United States. Sprint announced December 28th that it would save or create 5,000 jobs in the United States. Ford Motor Company announced Tuesday it will cancel a $1.6 billion plant building project in Mexico and it will instead invest $700 million in its assembly plant in Michigan. So they got an assembly plant in Michigan. They were going to go spend a billion and a half, $1.6 billion to build a new one in Mexico. Instead, they're just going to renovate the one they have for $700 million. And it's assembly plant in Michigan. This will create 700 new jobs. I wonder if that's 700 new jobs in uh, in the plant, 700 new jobs renovating the plant, or combination. Seems like whenever you spend $700 million, there's some jobs to be made. Even if it was all buying buying machines that were made in the United States, which I assume that Ford would do. Um, I would imagine that's a whole lot of jobs to build uh, $700 million worth of equipment. So Ford CEO Mark Fields was eager to give credit to the uh, policies of President-elect Trump. We're also encouraged by the pro-growth policies that President-elect Trump and the new Congress have indicated that they will pursue. And we believe that these tax and regulatory reforms are critically important to boost U.S. competitiveness. Duh. You know, for those of you that don't own businesses or have never owned a business or don't understand business, regulatory reform and overtaxing makes it very hard to run a business of any size. You know, say, hey, I know, I know, uh, I know a guy who owned who uh, owned a gym just took over a uh, apparently a hamburger stand or something in the same uh, shopping center that someone said, hey, you want to take this business over? Sure, I'll take it over. And uh, you go, hey, do you know anything about running a hamburger stand? Nah, how hard could it be? You know, cook hamburgers, sell them, you know, you make get a bunch of hamburgers, some buns, some lettuce, some tomatoes, some pickles, uh, mustard, ketchup, and mayonnaise, and a, and a drink machine, and uh, make some french fries, hand them out. You buy them for, uh, you, you spend 50 cents making them, and you sell them for $1.50, you make a buck. You know what? Business is a lot more complicated than that. Business is a lot more complicated. There's... Health health department issues, and I, and I've never owned a restaurant, but I know why I don't want to. Health department issues, employee issues, uh, employees uh, giving hamburgers away for free to their friends when they come over. Because you know what? When you own a hamburger stand, who do you hire? Minimum wage people. Who works for minimum wage? High school kids. What do high school kids have? Friends. What do they do? Give them away for free when you're not there. They don't clean up before they leave. Before they leave that night, and guess what? Then stuff starts to build up. Have you ever seen the show uh, Restaurant Impossible? I don't think it's uh, that rare that restaurants aren't as clean as they need to be. So we've got the health department in there sniffing around, and then you got to have health. Then you got to have uh, uh, liability insurance. What happens if somebody eats one of your hamburgers and you use some meat that was old and they got sick? They got stomach poisoning or, or food poisoning. There's a whole bunch of stuff you gotta you gotta think about. There's insurance for your employees. There's insurance for workman's comp. What if they what if they slip and fall 
uh, on the, hey, I spilled some grease from the French fry fryer and I fell down. I hurt my shoulder. I can't come to work for three months. I'm going to file a claim on workman's comp. That stuff is not cheap, folks. Nobody has any idea how, how much it costs to run a business or how difficult it is. And you know what? The fact that uh, President oh, President Trump is going to come in and, and reduce regulations and reduce taxes, that's going to make things easier on us business owners so we can hire more people, expand our business. Well, you know, you're just going to save the money and stick it in your bank account. What's that going to help anything? Well, you know what? I already have money in my bank account. I'm sure Ford does too. And most big companies that hire lots of employees do. And when they, exp- when they expand, say, you know, what do I want to do with the money I'm saving? I want to make more money with it. How do I do that? I expand my business. And what? how do I expand my business? I do whatever, I put whatever investment in and I hire people to work that part. It's not that not that difficult of a uh, concept to, uh, to, uh, t- to uh, understand if someone would just teach it. And apparently they're not teaching it in the colleges. Okay, it's, an ama- it's amazing that every time Trump saves American jobs, the naysayers in the media claim that the company's decision has nothing to do with him. Some of the headlines that came out this week, uh, the Washington Post, the myth and reality of Donald Trump's job claims. Slate said Ford isn't adding American jobs because Ford isn't adding American jobs because of Donald Trump. Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, isn't he the guy, the billionaire guy who was the who was the uh, mayor of New York? Isn't he the guy that that donated fifty million dollars to people that to organizations that help uh, clean up the earth. You know what? When you when you donate $50 million to people that help uh, stop global warming, you've got too much money. That means you've got more dollars than cents. So, but Bloomberg's magazine said, Ford's, uh, Ford's bow to Trump benefits robots, not workers. Oh my God. Somebody has to build the robots, even if that happens. Uh, uh, New York Times said Trump takes credit for Sprint plan to add 5,000 jobs. Bloomberg again, Trump seeks credit for 5,000 Sprint jobs already touted. Well, I don't know when they touted it, but guess what? Trump did speak out against Ford a year and a half ago, so obviously he did have some hand in here. Here's, uh, here's what he said in July 2015. If you look at what Ford is doing, they're building billions of dollars worth of plants in Mexico. I want them to build the plants in the United States. And uh, former uh, former uh, Obama green job czar, the green job czar, uh, Van Jones, used Trump's story to reflect on his sadness over Obama leaving office and, of course, turn it into a race story. And you could almost hear the tears slipping down his cheek as he says this. Hope and changers uh, eight years ago, uh, showing up in Washington, D.C. with big, bright eyes, thinking that Dr. King's dream had come true and we were going to make the whole country this amazing. It's going to be an emotional moment uh, to hear his final uh, farewell when there are things you cannot take back. I mean, there are 10.5 million net million new jobs. Whenever Donald Trump saves like 13 jobs, everybody jumps up and down. This guy gave us 10.5 net million new jobs. 10.5 million new jobs. And he ran up our debt, $10 trillion. So if you do the math, that's $9.5 million per job. What a great guy Obama was. You know, he didn't invest money. And hey, let's invest in a company that's going to create jobs and pay us back. 
you know, what they did with uh, with a TARP, the Troubled Asset Recovery Program, which started under Bush and finished under Obama. You know, that's the one bailout that probably needed to happen. They didn't invest money to, to stop something or to start something. They just gave it away. They gave people the opportunity to eat without having to work. Hey, you know, you get EBT cards. You get free uh, shopping bags now. You get free this. You get free that. We're going to create dependence on the American government for all you losers that don't want to work. Guess what? Here's what I think is going to happen here. And so you can, so all you guys, all you uh, never Trumpers, all you guys that are all sad and boo-hooey, so you can start uh, being chipper. You know what? You guys are going to be sad that you're going to have to go to work to get a paycheck instead of getting a free uh, free sit-on-your-butt uh, checks every month. But guess what? After the first week or two, you're going to say, hey, you know what? This isn't so bad. I get to spend my day with people. Hey, I get to do something productive with my life. Hey, I get to do this, and then I get a check, and then if I work hard, I get a raise. Believe me, Trump is going to make America great again with all our help and support. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this uh, this episode of uh, the main event. So uh, stay tuned for some uh, disclaimers. Thanks for listening. My name is Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.